Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure on this Friday to welcome a guest to the podcast. Today we have reading for us Christy Parrott. Christy and I have a fun fact together that we joined Mountain Brook Baptist around the same time. So we've both been here about 14 years and Christy is a dear friend and a wonderful teacher of God's word. I can't wait for you to hear her read and then talk about the passage and about her testimony. So thank you, Christy, for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Mary. Today's passage is 1 Corinthians 5, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. It is actually reported everywhere that there is sexual immorality among you, a kind of immorality that is condemned even among the unbelieving Gentiles, that someone has an intimate relationship with his father's wife, and you are proud and arrogant. You should have mourned in shame so that the man who has done this disgraceful thing would be removed from your fellowship. For I, though absent from you in body, but present in spirit, have already passed judgment on him who has committed this act as if I were present. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are assembled and I am with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to hand over this man to Satan for the destruction of his body so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your boasting over the supposed spirituality of your church is not good. Indeed, it is vulgar and inappropriate. Do you not know that just a little leaven ferments the whole batch of dough, just as a little sin corrupts a person or an entire church? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new batch, just as you are, still unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with leaven of vice and malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and untainted truth. I wrote you in my previous letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not meaning the immoral people of this world or the greedy ones and swindlers or idolaters, for then you would have to get out of the world and human society altogether. But actually, I've written to you not to associate with any so-called Christian brother if he is sexually immoral or greedy or is an idolater who is devoted to anything that takes the place of God, or is a reviler who insults or slanders or otherwise verbally abuses others, or is a drunkard or a swindler, you must not so much as eat with such a person. For what business is it of mine to judge outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church to protect the church as the situation requires? God alone sits in judgment on those who are outside the faith. Remove the wicked one from among you. Thank you so much, Christy, for joining the podcast today. Man, I gave you a doozy of a passage. I'm so sorry about that. But we have been talking about the Passover and then how Christ is the Passover. So in this passage, we see the importance of the Passover. You and I were talking about it earlier. Tell me what you gleaned from this passage. Well, I'll be honest. When I first read it, I wanted to take a wide berth around <laughs> it. I thought, ooh, but 
um, throughout the day, I felt like the Lord just kept drawing me back into it to just sit with it and read it and pray through it. And, you know, I think what I walked away with really is a conviction about not taking this gift of Christ's sacrifice for granted, that we just, it is a free gift to us, His grace. And so I think sometimes we we don't take our sin as seriously as we should. Part of it that I loved, it says, don't you remember, don't you know, a little bit of leaven ferments the whole loaf and the, the whole batch. And so it's a little bit of sin you know, taints the whole thing. And so we really need to be kind of intolerant of even the slightest sin. And, you know, you and I were talking about that. We kind of go easy on ourselves. We, we don't really, we're not really serious about our sin, but he talks about um, malice and wickedness. And then he goes on at the end and talks about being an idolater, which means being devoted to anything that takes the place of God. And we can say, oh, I don't worship idols. And yet when we look at our lives, what are the things that take the place of God? There are honestly a long list there. Um, And then like a reviler who insults or slanders or otherwise verbally abuses others, a drunkard or a swindler. I mean, like it's not just like, I think when we read a passage like this, we're like, wow, there was some serious sexual immorality going on here. But that's not the only thing that Paul is calling out. It makes me remember that we don't want to take for granted what Christ has done on our behalf. And so thinking through our lives as a testimony to his great sacrifice. Okay, we kind of got really deep quickly. So I'm going to pull back just a little bit. And I want to hear more about Christy. Okay, Christy, where did you grow up? Tell me about your spouse and your children and anything biographical that you might share with us. Okay, so I grew up in Houston, Texas. My dad was on staff at First Baptist Church, which is, you know, a mega church there. Um, My mom was also on staff, and that really was the center of our world. It was um, a really dynamic, exciting church. Um, I just really loved it. I mean, my parents never had that battle of, you know, we're going to church, we're going to church. I mean, we we loved it, and it was just a really—I'm so fortunate, so thankful for that, the way I was raised— um, I have a sister who lives in Austin, so my, my mom passed away. My dad is still in Houston, just celebrated his 90th birthday. And then I married Keith, my husband. He came to Houston to work and go to grad school, and we met on a blind date. And we're engaged like three or four months later and married within the year. Was really. it love at first sight? You know, it kind of was. We got set up on a, a blind date with a girl he went to high school with and I worked with, and I didn't want to go out with him. He's younger, and um, I was like, I'm not interested <laughs> in someone who's 22 because I'm 25. Um, but, yeah, we went out, and, I mean, the next day we went out again, and I remember looking at him across the dinner table and thinking, I'm going to grow old with this man, and I don't even know him, but I just, 
I just knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was the person that the Lord had for me, which was really exciting. Um, but so we got married in 92 and then we lived in Houston. We have three children, Reed, Mary Catherine, and Benjamin. Reed is married to another Mary Catherine, same name as our daughter, and they are on staff at First Baptist Dothan and love it there. Reed and Mary Catherine were part of Wayne and Mary's first youth mm-hmm. group. I think Reed's grade was your first grade that went all, all the, the way, way through, through with y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Such a sweet group of kids. Um, anyway, Mary Catherine, our daughter, works in Chicago, and then Benjamin is a senior at Mount Brook High School going to Auburn. I want to hear a little bit about your hobbies. What are you into? You know, that has changed a lot over the years. It's really interesting, some to do with the knees going out and all those things. But, you know, honestly, I'd love love to be active. We have two kind of active dogs, and so we're outside a lot and hiking. I love to work in the yard and, you know, play tennis or pickleball or not golf. (laughs) Um, I don't think I have the patience for golf, but... Um, honestly, one of my favorite things to do, this sounds like such a Bible nerd, but I, I really love to study and teach Bible study. I mean, I always hesitate to go. That's my hobby because no, people are going to be like, oh, she's really weird. <laughs> we don't want to hang out with her. But no. I do love, I love that. Well, so. I want to hear a little bit about that. What are some of your favorite passages or verses of scripture? You know, that changes so much, um, through the different seasons of life and even maybe even from day to day, you know, one of um, the passages I think that has stayed consistent through my life has been my my father told, taught us or talked to me about it years ago, about how at every big moment in his life, big decisions being made, he always felt like he could feel the Lord's hand on his back. Like, yeah, 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 this is the way, do this, do this. Or maybe like his hand on his on his chest, like slow down, stop here, and and I just remember him talking about that, and then that really echoes the passage, and I don't know the exact. It's Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Should have looked that no, up. No, no, it's okay. But it says, "In your ear will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right or to the left.'" And so I guess. For much of my life, I've, whenever there's a big decision, when things are kind of pressing in, I've known, thankfully, because my father really emphasized that, find a way to quiet your mind so you can hear that word being whispered, mm. which is hard, really hard. It's harder to quiet your mind, I think, than even finding a quiet place to sit, you know, and so, but I, as I look back on my life, I see at every big point, it was that there, there weren't these big, like, make a list of pros and cons. I mean, it was just like this sense of like, no, this is, this is the right thing. In fact, when we were moving here, Keith was very excited about a job opportunity. I loved Houston. It was my home. I, we had just recently lost my mom. I lived a, a mile away from my dad, my best friend. I mean, like, I, I loved Houston. We loved our church. We loved our Sunday school class. 
I had zero interest in moving. (laughs) (laughs) And we came, but I I knew that, you know, I needed to at least be open-minded to it. And we were here in December, December 15th, actually. And we were looking at houses and we were driving up Montevallo towards the church from Mount Burt Village. And I had this sense, it was almost audible, but I had the strongest sense, like, this is it. This mm-hmm. is the way. Walk in that. Like, it was so clear. And so, of course, later that night, I said, okay, Keith, don't, don't hold me to this yet. <laughs> But I feel like the Lord is saying, this is where you need to go. And I called my dad and I said, Dad, this happened. He said, well, if the Lord wants you in Birmingham, you don't want to be in Houston. Mm. And so I just, like, I love just being able to look back at each little step, big things and little things. And when I'm able to kind of quiet my mind and my spirit, He is so faithful to whisper, to say, this is the way. Sometimes it's, this is the way, and it's going to be uphill all the way. Yes. <laughs> or Even when I call you to right. this, it may be difficult. Exactly. But he is faithful to, you, just to say, this is the way, and then you can have faith when you are walking on a treacherous path. So you guys moved to Birmingham, and then did you get engaged immediately at Mount Brook Baptist? Well, thanks to Wayne Swan, I did. <laughs> you know, Dr. Movies was um, pursuing us. Um, Keith was working for Baptist Health Systems, and so that's we got kind of connected through that. And we were sitting at a dinner, and Dr. Movies invited us and had us seated right next to y'all, and we started talking, and then Wayne called and said, hey, would y'all like to teach youth Sunday school? And we hadn't joined the church yet. And he said, well, Minor detail. Yes. And he said, why don't y'all join, and then <laughs> we'll put you on the roster to teach. And so we did. And, you know, every Sunday, it was funny, we would sit there and the invitation, and our kids would kind of look at us like, are we going to go down and join? And we're like, no, we're going to take our time. We're going to find the right church. And we finally thought, what are we doing? Our children are saying, we want to join this church. We, you know, so. And so you began teaching in the youth. Thank you so much for coming alongside us. But in the last years, I don't know how many, 10 or so, you've been working teaching adults. Yes. At Mount Brook Baptist and in your home and in different places. Tell me how your love for teaching blossomed over the years. Yeah, so I'm a teacher by training. I mean, I was an education major and I taught school. So I think teaching was just very natural to me, just standing in front of people. I also think growing up in um, a church the size that I did, just standing up in front of masses of people was just something I did from the time I was probably five years old and it just didn't ever you know I didn't get nervous about that but um, I started teaching in college teaching a bible study in my sorority and then when I came back home I I taught college kids and I don't know I mean it just for as long as I can remember I have taught, and it. I feel like I'm out of sync when I'm not teaching. I, the rhythm of reading a passage and just letting it just kind of, I don't know, I kind of think of it like a crock pot. I like put it in there, and I just kind of let it cook, and I pray and just read different resources. And then but I, I, love, I love that, and I feel like 
when I'm not doing that, spiritually, I almost feel a little bit out of sync. And I know I get so much more out of any lesson I've ever prepared than anyone right. who's ever heard me. You know, so it feels sometimes I feel a little selfish because it's like, oh, yeah, I love to just the process of studying. And so I've taught, um, we taught in Cornerstone, or I taught in Cornerstone for, uh, yeah, wow, 11 years until we moved away in 2020 briefly and now I'm teaching a small group of ladies just discipleship and it's so organic and I love it is that group one that women of the church could join if they they wanted to tell us when it is and how they get involved absolutely we meet Mondays at one at my house and we are um we are just studying I mean it's just we are studying the word it is scripture and then we just talk about how we can authentically live that out really pushing back against this all the cultural Christianity and just kind of putting a label to say I'm a Christian but what does it really mean to live these words out every day and it's been a really challenging but Man, so rewarding. We've just, I've loved it. I've loved getting to know these women. We pray together and see, you know, these great answers to prayer. And so if you are interested in joining, yes, Monday's at one at my house. And I'm sure we can give my contact information. So I have so many questions that I want to ask you, but with limited time, I really want to hear your testimony of faith. Sounds like you grew up in a Christian home for sure, but how did you come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord, or would you describe it more as a journey? Mostly, I do think of it as a journey. I, When I was young, I you know, prayed and asked Jesus into my heart, and I was baptized. I was I was young, you know, early elementary school. But then I remember I was in sixth grade, and our church had a huge um, revival every summer. And we were at the big football stadium in Houston, and they'd, you know, bring in people. And I remember at, at one of those revivals just being really convicted by the Holy Spirit. And I went down, and that, I guess at that point, you know, we called it rededicating your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To me, I feel like that was the moment that I really embraced Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I, in fact, I, I even remember the first time that I really felt the Holy Spirit's conviction was, um, in sixth grade, we were playing volleyball at recess and I, um, I can't believe I'm sharing this out here, <laughs> but I, you know, said a bad word. I, you know, and immediately I felt this conviction of the Spirit, like, you do not need to speak like that. I'm so grateful that I have that memory that, you know, and it was it was kind of like connecting the dots, like your behavior matters. Like you can't just have these feelings at church and then go to school. Like that is your your life. And so those are kind of moments and there are different times. I mean, there was a time at, at youth camp that I really felt like I was gonna go to Africa. I told I went down, my dad was the youth minister at the time, and I said, I really feel like God is calling me to be a missionary in Africa. 
And he kind of patted me on the back like, oh, that's really sweet. (laughs) And, you know, go back to cheerleading practice. You know, I mean, I was not your super deep, you know. But I did. When I graduated from college, it all came back. And I thought, this is this is the way. And so I spent two years in Africa. So from the sorority house at University of Texas to, you know, West Africa was a jolt for sure. But even that was just incredible experience. And then I came home and met Keith and that whole journey began. But I think it's just been a journey. And I look back and I see his faithfulness and I see some transformation of my life and my spirit. And I'm so humbled and so grateful that he loves me enough to change me. (laughs) You know, I mean, I just, I think that is, that's the thing. I, I look at early years and selfishness and impatience and, and just see that, you know, What a beautiful testimony, yes, that the Lord is about His work of transforming us. And that's kind of what the passage was about today, Mm -hmm. how is if we see Christ as our Passover lamb, that it must bring us to this transformation Mm -hmm. of character. And so would you pray for us today, Christy? Would you pray that the Lord would continue His work in our church? And thank you so much for leading out in Bible studies. We're just so grateful that you'll pray for us as we end the podcast. Dear Lord, we just come before you today grateful for the gift of your sacrifice. And I pray, Lord, I pray for our church. I pray that we would... um, seek you always, that we we would seek you first, that we would not seek the approval of men, that we would not seek to be popular or any of those temptations that, that push in on us, Lord, but that we would seek you and seek your ways and that we would um, show that authentic love to the world around us. I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the hard passages that make us stop and think and pray and rely on your spirit to teach us. And I thank you for the ministry of sharing your word um, through these podcasts. Lord, I pray as we go about our day today that you would recall these things to our mind, that you would um, challenge us and convict us and encourage us in all that we do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.